dear Shiko, dear beloved Sangha. I was born in Vietnam during the war. And ar I arrived at France in 1983 as a refugee with my family. My parents' generation lived during the war, and after the war ended, during the war they did everything to protect the families, the children, and after the war, the suffering continued, and they did everything to bring the children to the West for education. Because of political reasons, many of us couldn't go to school when we get uh, 18 years old. My older sisters, at that age, they couldn't go to university because only a certain number of uh, young people could were allowed to go to university. So many, many Vietnamese people at that time tried to escape Vietnam to go to other countries so that the young generation can uh, could uh, have good education, could go to universities. And um, our generation, when we got to the West, we did everything to study. We studied hard to, uh, to speak fluently the language where we live. We tried to have good score, good grades at school so we could go to good universities. And um, my sisters, my brother, they have succeeded. Uh, they got uh, a diploma or a few diplomas and then they got married. They have a job and they have uh, everything they need. And then the next generation, which is my nieces and nephew, they were born in the United States. And my um, nieces and nephews' generation, they were born in America, and they are like American people. And I noticed that the suffering continues when my sisters were both people, their dream was to arrive at a, a country, to uh, step on a country, a new country. When they got to the United States, they were so happy. Their dream became true. At that time, I was not both people because my parents sent my three old sisters to to leave, to go first. And I was uh, quite small, so I stayed in Vietnam with um, my younger sister, my brother, and my parents. And a few years later, we were among the few ones who managed to get visas to fly to France. That's why our family is split into two. 
Half of the family stayed in France and the other half in the United States. So when my sisters uh, arrived at the United States, the whole family, everyone was so happy. It was such a relief because it was a, a great, the big wrist uh, to go into a small boat like that to go into the ocean without knowing where to go and what will happen. And uh, there are many people uh, died in the ocean or got raped by pirates and so on. There was so much, uh, so many dramas. And so my sisters were very lucky they arrived at the United States and Everyone was so happy. The happiness lasted for a short time and then they had to try hard to study and to adapt with the envi new environment. And we all always had some dreams and when we achieve when the dream became true, we were happy for a short time, and then we had other dreams. And then it never, the dreams never ended. And what we were looking for, now the new generation has everything. The daily uh, needs, a big house, good food, my nieces and nephews have good education. They live in an environment there's no war. They have everything. And my two nieces have depression. And when, um, when I look at our teacher, Thay, the, uh, the Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh, he was in a work situation. During the war in 1966, he left Vietnam to go to the United States to call for peace, seeing the deep suffering of the whole country and also other countries. He left Vietnam to go to the United States and intended to stay there for three months to call for peace. And because of political reasons, his passport was neutralized. His passport was not valid anymore and he couldn't go back to Vietnam. So we, our dream was to go to a new land to start over our life with good education. So it was our dream, but Thay, our teacher didn't want to live in the West. He got stuck there because of, of the regime at that time didn't want him to come back. He was like a danger for the government who wanted to continue war, the war. So imagine we all know what happened during the mm, pandemic, during COVID time. Just imagine that you travel somewhere and then the pandemic happens 
and then you got stuck in that country. You cannot go home anymore. And Thay was like that. He had no money, no house, where to live, to sleep, to, to sleep at night. All his friends were in Vietnam, his family, his teacher, all the project he, he was building, he was realizing was everything was in Vietnam and he got stuck in the United States. And he was so sad, so desperate, so shocked. At that time in the United States, there were not many Vietnamese people like today. And when I heard that, oh, there's uh, some Vietnamese people living uh, a few hours from where he stayed, and he had to practice to transform his suffering, his feeling of his um, feeling of loneliness, his feeling of being rejected by his homeland, by his country. He has to transform, he had to transform all this pain and this suffering. And we, we can, um, we can, feel just a little bit what he felt because because we are not in the same situation the suffering we have is very little compared to his because we or our parents made the choice but he didn't make the choice his suffering was very deep and then slowly to transform this pain and this suffering, he learned to see that his home is the earth, is Mother Earth, is the whole planet, is not a small part somewhere in Asia on the earth. And we can imagine when he practiced like that, Looking at the moon, he must have seen that the moon he saw in Vietnam is the same moon, was, was the same moon. And that moon is his home. That moon is from his homeland. And seeing the sun, the rising sun or the sunset, he could see that, oh, it's his home. Because from his homeland, he saw the same sun. And breathing the air in the United States, he also practiced to feel that all the air around the earth, if the earth is his homeland, all the air around the earth is the air of his homeland. So the, the air he breathed 
in was his home. We can guess how he practiced. And then the vegetation, the plants in the West is different from the trees in Vietnam, but he learned to see the tree in the United States, the grass, the flowers, they are were his home. And every day our teacher practiced with his mindful breathing to find his home wherever he is. And he could find his home only with his mindful breathing in the present moment. Because if he saw his homeland somewhere else or in the past, it may be a source of suffering, a source of regret, of nostalgia, of sadness. But when he found his home in the present moment, moment, wherever he is, and then this home brings him nourishment, healing, peace, safety, joy, and happiness. When I, I came to Plum Village, uh, the first time I came to Plum Village was in 1985. After the Vietnam War ended, let's us let us enjoy our mindful breathing. The first time I came to Plum Village was in 1985 with my parents. I went to high school at that time and uh, on vacation we went, um, at that time I lived uh, uh, near Paris with my parents and in summer on vacation my parents took us to uh, to the beach, and we also came to Plum Village. It was the third summer retreat in Plum Village. Our teacher poured all his energy and time and love in his mission of calling for peace to end the war, to end the suffering. And in 1975, when the Vietnam War ended, and all the dramas and all the suffering sp sprang up. 
many Vietnamese people run away from the country, and then so many dramas happen in the ocean, in the refugee camps, and when um, when uh, Vietnamese families arrive at the West, and then all the suffering caused because of the parents had Vietnamese culture, and the children went to school and started um, a different education, new education, and uh, started to learn a different culture. So all the families had problems with different cultures within the family. And seeing all the problem, the problems, even the what Thay wanted to help his people to suffer less is to end the war. But he saw that now the war is ended, the war ended, and still continue, the suffering continue, and even more. And so the first years in Plum Village, Thay, uh, our teacher, show his people how to live happily. We, had, we got what we wanted, but we were not happy. So how? We need to practice to be happy. We need a spiritual dimension. And we saw that happiness or our true home, it's something from inside we need to cultivate. We cannot rely on our environment or external conditions. Even we get, even we got everything we wanted from the environment, but still we suffered. And then in 85, when I came here, most of retreatants were Vietnamese people. And they showed us how to practice how to listen to the bell. You have been practicing listening to the bell since your, your, your arrival here. When we hear a sound of the bell, we say silently, listen, listen. This wonderful sound brings me back to my true home. And they showed us how to find our true home inside of us. Until now, whenever I thought of um, the house where I grew up, right away, a feeling of safety, of love, of um, comfort, of peace comes up in me. So when we think of a home, we feel home is a place where we, we have peace, safety, love, happiness. And so when we hear the sound of the bell, and we stop our thinking, we stop what we are doing, we stop everything, and we come back to ourselves. 
relaxingly. We just enjoy breathing in. We enjoy breathing out. We are in contact with our body, with our breath, with ourselves, and we touch the feeling of peace, of love in ourselves. And this is how we touch our true home. If we let strong emotions like anger, hopelessness, worries, if our mind is always busy thinking of this project, thinking of this and that, we cannot be in touch with what is the best in us. And in all of us, we have everything. We have anger, but we also have love. We have compassion, but we also have hatred. We have everything in us. And it's a matter of choice. What we want to touch in us, what we want to cultivate and develop in us, is just a question of, of choice. If you study uh, Buddhist psychology, we have a few books uh, on Buddhist psychologies. You understand that our, we are made of everything. And in our, in our body and in our mind, we have everything. We have all the good qualities as well as the works. The works what? The, the, the works characteristics. The works personality. We have everything. When you come in an environment with a peaceful atmosphere, when you see everyone is um, loving, is smiling, and then you are putting yourself in an environment where the best of you is touched and you are developing the best of you. You are developing, you are watering, nurturing the seed of love, of peace in you. But when you go to um, you go to join a group where people quarrel and talk to each other with harsh words and people hit each other and then f right away you feel that your body is so tense, you are so frightened, so afraid and you just want to run away because in that environment all the wood seeds in you are watered, are touched, watered, and you are also uh, letting those seeds develop in you. The seed of violence, the seed of hatred. So it's a matter of choice. What do we want to water, to cultivate in us? So our teacher has, um, has did his best, has done his best to, to uh, transmit, to offer his own experience 
in in his life is his own life experience his own practice experience to those vietnamese people at that time how to find your true home how to live your daily life so that every minute you develop your inner peace your joy your happiness so you have a home in yourself and wherever you go you have your true home you don't long for somewhere else as your home and in um and 8 years later in 1993 i came back to plum village to become a nun Eight years later there were many more western retreats in plum village more and more during the first years they always um uh during the summer retreat they always gave uh dhamma talks in english in french and in vietnamese and then with time more and more western friends came come they keep coming and then slowly western people be- become bigger majority to the point that our teacher gave more dhamma talks in english but he stopped and he stopped giving dhamma talk in vietnamese and today most of vietnamese people speak fluently all the languages in the world Ger- in cl- besides english french they also speak german dutch chinese many many languages so our teacher and we don't need to give dhamma talks in vietnamese anymore and what i notice is that at christmas time many many french people and western people including american american people who flew all the way from america to come here and celebrate christmas with us and i was surprised because christmas on christmas christmas in the west is like that in vietnam lunar new year in china this is a time when all families we get together we celebrate the event but many western people they don't stay home with their families to celebrate christmas and new year but they come to plum village because they share with us that they feel lost at home they don't feel to have a home and then here in plum plum village they find their home and then i was surprised and i found out that so the feeling that vietnamese people we have is not for vietnamese on, not only for vietnamese people the feeling of not belonging to anywhere to any society to any culture we feel that we we are not really vietnamese but we are not really french or american the feeling of not belonging the feeling of not having a home 
not only Vietnamese people have have it, but it seems that many other people have it. And they travel very far away to come here to find their home. And even those who have a home, what happens to them? A f a f um, just a few months ago, Sister Ching Kong and I, we visited our past mayor of Jolivol. We are very grateful with uh, our mayor and people in Jolivol, Sister Ching Kong, and um, Sister Ching Kong is our eldest sister, the first student, the first monastic disciple of our teacher. And she has been with our teacher since she was 18 years old in Vietnam. And when our teacher was in exile, and she, because she was, um, biology professor and she got a visa and she could uh, uh, went and saw our teacher to bring him documents and reports. And then after uh, her stay there, finally, she, did, she decided to stay in the West to help our teacher in his work, in his mission. And since then, she was also uh, in exile, like our teacher, for 39 years. And, um, and when our teacher and Sister Ching Kong uh, found these lands, these pieces of lands of the lower hamlet, upper hamlet, they also um, found a place in Jolivol, half an hour from here. And all the neighborhood, they knew people in the neighborhood, and the mayor was very close to them. They, um, and if now the that mayor uh, is the nursing home. He's retired and he's in a nursing home. And the new hamlet building place was uh, uh, was the house of three generations of mayor. So that mayor, his parents, his grandparents, his grand-grandparents were also mayors. And they all lived in that big, one of the biggest house of Jolivol, the town Jolivol. And we always have very good contact and close contact with our mayor. And we went and visited our past mayor in the nursing home. And we invited him from time to time to come to Plum Village to be with us. And we, were hap we would be happy to go there and, and drive him here. And he said, no, 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 no. 
I could cry. I could cry so much to be back to the house, to my house, to our house, to the house of my parents, my grandparents and grand-grandparents. So those French people who, who didn't um, move to anywhere, they, their, their, their home, their family's house was there, but they was, the mayor, he was so scared to go back to his home, to, to his beloved and dear home of so many generations. He could cry, so he didn't want to go back. So for those people who really had a home, a dear home, that home can become a source of sadness and suffering. But the true home in ourselves, in the present moment, wherever we go, we have this home, is much safer because we never lose that home, and we can be at our true home at any time we want, and we are not afraid of losing it. And it's a source of happiness, of peace, of safety for us. And for two days, you have been here, and you have been practicing exactly what you need to do in order to find your true home. Breathing in, I come back to myself. I let go of all worries, anxiety, strong emotion. I'm fully present with myself. I'm taking care of myself is an act of love. Who can love you more than yourself? Nobody else can cultivate your inner peace for you. When we are still weak in the practice and we don't have self-confidence, we can take refuge. This is what happened to me. So our family arrived at the West, were happy, was, um, I study hard, and then our dream was to um, unify our family. My sisters uh, went to university in the United States. They were very good students. And then my parents and I, we live in France, and then we right away we plan, okay, we need to join um, my sisters, and then where I will have, uh, I will also go to universities, and the whole family will get together again, like in the past. So after I finished high school, I spent one year in um, university, and then I also got a green card to move to the United States and went to university. And my father was about to get retired, so we were 
on the way to move to the United States to be together again. Family reunion, family um, united. And then suddenly, my father got a stroke and he passed away within 72 hours. And the whole family was um, the whole family collapsed with suffering. And I was very lucky because I knew Plum Village, I knew Thai, I read Thai's books. Even though I came to Plum Village as a teen just to play around, to have fun with other teens, my heart was not in the practice. I thought, it's for adults, for old people. I came to Plum Village to have fun. And when I, at the bottom, uh, and I'm the second youngest member in the family, so I was always kind of protected by my older sisters, my parents, and um, and at that time, I saw my mom, my older sisters, they all suffered and they couldn't help me. Everyone was drowned in suffering. And I, right away, I thought of Thai and Plum Village. And I had faith that the practice can help me. Only the practice can help me. Nobody else can help me. And so I wrote to Thai a letter. From time to time, I wrote a letter to Thai. The first letter I wrote him when I was uh, 16 years old, I wrote him a letter saying that, uh, I wrote like that, Thai, at school, all my classmates, everyone had some idols, idol, some fans, like, soccer player, tennis player, singer, and you know who is my idol? <laughs> it's you! <laughs> because I saw that every time my parents came to Plum Village or to a public talk in Paris, after that, the whole family energy is different. The whole atmosphere became so joyful, so happy. And I saw how come they can change my family like that. He talked, talks, talks. <laughs> and then the whole family changes. And we, the children, we depend so much on the mood of our parents. When our parents are happy and joyful, we are so, we are in heaven. When they are crouchy, we are very scared. And I saw the difference every time when my parents were in contact with Thai. Or when they, from time to time, I saw them read Thai's books, and they became different. That's why Thai was my idol. And Thai wrote me back a letter. And uh, this letter, I still have it. and. It's published in um, a collection of uh, 
all his letters to his students. And he answered me, he said, I have many letters I'm writing. Uh, and in, the, in that letter, I also wrote that, I don't know why, but I love the Buddha. And he said, you don't need to know why, but I'm writing a book about the story of the Buddha. I'm sure that after, after reading that book, you will love the Buddha even more. And he said, I answer your letter because you are the youngest person who wrote me. And you know who is my idol? My idol is a pine tree. <laughs> the pine tree is on the hill. And in winter, uh, the pine tree endures snow, winds, and many hardships during winter. But it's always green and fresh. And the pine tree sings to us. Even in hardship, the pine tree is always himself, green, singing, unshakable. So I came to Plum Village, decided to become a nun, because I know I knew that the practice can help me. And I thought, wow, my father passed away and the whole family suffered so much. I will have to undo my mother's death, my three sisters' death, my older brother's death. I just calculate according to age, as if I could, <laughs> as if I could live very long. How can I handle all those deaths? So I just decided to become a nun. <laughs> and my purpose, my intention to become a nun is to be able to deal with suffering when my beloved ones pass away. And I became Thay's student, so he's like my father. I, had, I didn't have any um, strong practice. My, I started with the practice. I didn't have any inner peace, nothing. And I started to learn little by little to cultivate all this. And I saw Thay as my teacher. Before, I, um, my father was also um, uh, a refuge for me. Whatever I had questioned, I always asked my father because he's very knowledgeable. In my mind, he knows everything. So whatever I had a question, I asked him. And Thay became my father. I, and I took refuge in him. And in Asia, like in, uh, in the West, um, in our spiritual tradition, we have the practice of taking refuge for Christian people, uh, for Christian people, they baptize, they baptize, and um, uh, they take refuge in Jesus Christ, or God. And Buddhist people, we take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. 
the Buddha is our teacher who shows the way in this life. And Thay is my, is my teacher who shows me the way in this life. And I take refuge in the Dharma, is the practice, the practice mindful breathing. And with the mindful breathing, we can be, we come back to ourselves. We are truly present for ourselves to find our true home. And with the mindful breathing, we can calm down all the strong emotions. We can transform all the negative feelings, negative emotions. Because when we focus on the mindful breathing, first we let go of our thoughts. We are 100% for ourselves and we recognize if we have sadness, we breathing in, I know that I have sadness in me. And breathing out, I recognize my sadness in me without judging, I just recognize it and know that it's there and smile at it with acceptance. And if I continue to breathe and recognize my sadness with peace, with acceptance, and you will notice that after a while that the sadness calms down because the energy of sadness is together, is embraced by the energy of mindfulness. And mindfulness is concentration, is love, is insight, and then natu naturally the sadness calms down. Let's just, let us breathe together and recognize any feeling in ourselves, any thought in us, and smile at it, breathing in. So, I take refuge in the practice and then I take refuge in the Sangha, in the community of practice. And for the last two days, you may have noticed that it's much easier when you practice here, right? If you go home and if you are the only person who walks very slowly in the metro or in the city, maybe may turn back to look at you, what's happened to her? What's happened to him? But here, it's so easy to practice when we all practice together. We understand each other and, and we receive a great support. Everybody understands what we are doing and we feel supported. And any one of you, 
who is not vegetarian or vegan at home. But when you come here, it's so easy to be vegan, right? But at home, you may be tempted by, oh, you think of hamburger, you think of uh, uh, other dishes, oh, I miss it. But here, you don't even think of it. Except in your dream, maybe from time to time. <laughs> After being a nun for two years, or one year, I don't remember, one day, I wrote Thai a letter. Thai, last night I saw that I went to Burger King, I had one, and I can still feel the feeling when I... <laughs> I made a bite. Wow, such a good taste <laughs> in my dream. How come I'm vegetarian for many months, for more than a year, and I... I still dream of having Burger King, a hamburger. And you know, when I took refuge in my teacher, I didn't hide anything. I wanted to, him to know everything, what is happening in me, so he could give me very appropriate guidance and appropriate teachings. So I just told him that. <laughs> and very kindly, he explained to us, he, he brought it to the Dhamma talk <laughs> <laughs> and told the whole community wh what I had in my dream last night. <laughs> and he explained very in details what it means. Should I write on the board? This is a fundamental, basic Buddhist psychology. And when you, it's very simple, but when you understand it, it's much easier for you to practice and to understand yourself. So, I'm drawing our person. A person is made of consciousness. We have deep consciousness. In Buddhism, we call it alaya. Deep consciousness. And then here we have the mental, uh, no, we can call it mind. I thought of the French word, which is, which is le mental, but in English is, we can call mind consciousness. And then we have our sensual organs, our eyes, our ears, 
our tongue. Our body. <laughs> Our nose. And each and this, and here is our mind. And each of our central organs have a consciousness when I look at the tree, my eyes is an organ. I look at the tree, and then the image of the tree, uh, the vision of the tree, what I perceive, what I think about the tree is my consciousness of the eyes. Uh, and. Every time when I look at the tree and I have some ideas about the tree, the image of the tree and the idea of the tree also enters my deep consciousness. And for many years, I ate meat, I uh, enjoy hamburgers with my tongue, with my eyes, with my nose because I smell hamburger. So every time I ate hamburger, I also, the, um, the image of the hamburger, the taste, the smell, also entered my deep consciousness. And the deep consciousness stored everything, stored all the feelings, the images, the smell, the taste. And when I uh, told you that we have everything in us, hatred, violence, as well as compassion, love. Our store consciousness store all those things, store all those seeds. And when I said it's a question of choice, it means that you have everything, and every time you listen or you look or you smell, you have the choice what to look at, what to listen to, what to smell in order to, to water the seeds in your deep consciousness. If you choose uh, love, you want to cultivate love in yourself, and then you choose conversation, you choose loving conversation to participate, you choose reading, anything that make you feel you want to love more. Mm. Listening to a Dharma talk like that, you are watering the seeds of, of the Dharma, of uh, what I'm, te I'm telling you is all the experience, a lifetime experience of wisdom, of practice, of my teacher and uh, a little bit of my own life. Mm. So you are, receive, you are receiving uh, the Dharma, and you are cultivating peace in you. You have listened to the bell, you have breathed mindfully together. You are cultivating 
the seeds of mindfulness, of peace, of healing, of love for yourself, how to take care of yourself. So Thay explained that because I have many seeds uh, of uh, hamburg hamburger in me, in my deep consciousness, that is why even though many months in Plum Village, I never touch, I never eat hamburger, but one, day, one night, that seeds of hamburger pop up in my mind, and I saw it in my dream. And that is why many Vietnamese people who, who went through the war, and even though when they live in a country, there's no war now, uh, even during the, uh, the peace time at night, there are many people who have nightmares. And people who didn't go through wars, but if they, have, uh, if they watch violent films, and then they also water the seeds of violence, they store all those violent images in their store consciousness. And then at night, in the dream, all those seeds pop up in your dream. It means in your mind. When you, uh, when you sleep, when you sleep, your, your, um, your mind, your, your store consciousness, the alaya still work. It works 24 hours a day. Mm. And when you shut down all the sensual organs, you also shut down all your consciousness of your sensual organs. But the mind can may continue to work. When you have a dream, it means that your mind continues to work. And that's why before going to bed, if we want to have a peaceful sleep, we need to lie um, lying down in our in our bed. We need to practice to uh, to practice uh, relaxation, not to think of uh, anything. Or if we think, we think of beautiful things, so that we have sweet dreams. Mm. If you go to bed with anger, with hatred. And even if you fall asleep, though this uh, anger and and hatred continue to work in all or in your alaya, and you don't have a good sleep because your mind, your conscious, deep consciousness continue to work with hatred, with violence, and your body is still tense, and you don't have a good sleep, and you may have experienced waking up. In the morning, you feel even more tired, right? Did it happen to you? Yes. And this afternoon after lunch, Sister Chung Kong, our eldest sister, who has been with our teacher for many years, 70 years, she will offer you the practice of total relaxation. When you know how to do it, when you master this practice, when you go home, you can continue this practice so that at night 
you have only sweet dreams. Our sister is waiting for me to start to invite the bell. Now we will see if you have the capacity to let go and to stop listening to the bell. Are you able to let go of everything? Relax, you are totally relaxed and you just enjoy your breath, your in-breath and out-breath and feel peace and love in you. complex of inferiority and this complex is I um, many Vietnamese people have this complex because when we heard of Vietnam when we hear of Vietnam we hear of the war poverty it's a very small country a poor country with so many wars. And um, I remember I, I had this complex. In my uh, high school, at that I lived in um, La Région Parisienne, outside of Paris, and where I lived, there were not many Vietnamese people. And I was in the 10th uh, grade, and there was a Vietnamese uh, student. But both of us, we pretended like we don't know each other, uh, and we play with, we hang around with other French students, but I, I didn't like to go towards her, to make friends with her, and it was the same thing with her. She didn't like to approach me. We had a complex about Vietnam, and, um, and then in Plum Village. It's in Plum Village that I, where I learn about the Vietnamese culture about the beauty of our own culture. And slowly, that complex disappeared, and I didn't know. It disappeared, and I didn't even notice. And then one day, uh, we were in Vietnam. Uh, we we take a group of uh, Western friends for a pilgrimage. And then we had a um, kind of uh, retreat. And there was a group of uh, business, Vietnamese business people who were there with us. And at the end of the be-in, a very, very rich Vietnamese uh, woman, she shared that, she also talked about that complex in her 
the complex of inferiority as a, a people, as a nation. And she said that when she saw that group of Westerners who practiced wholeheartedly our teachers' teachings, and she was so happy before she had the complex of inferiority, and now she's so happy and so proud. And listening to her, I, I thought, wow, yes, long ago I also had that complex, and it disappeared without noticing it and noticing it. And then I thought about it, and then I found out that here in Plum Village, our teacher always taught us and reminded us to come back to ourselves, to recognize all the beauty in ourselves, to touch our root and to be in contact, to recognize the beauty of our root. In us, we all have what is positive and negative. Our root, our ancestors, same thing, have positive qualities as well as negative habits. But we have the habit to focus on what is wrong, what is negative, and we don't see the whole picture. We forget all the positive, all the qualities. And every day our teacher taught us how to, to appreciate all the good things in us with the practice of mindful breathing. When we are in deep contact with our body, we find out that, wow, to have a body with this state of health is a miracle. It's a wonder. What do I want more? With my two eyes that allow me to see, to, to see whatever I want to see, to look at the people I love, to look at the blue sky, the green trees, what do I want more? During COVID time, we thought, wow, in the past we didn't wear masks. It was such a happiness. Now everywhere, even indoor, we have to, we have to wear masks. And we dream of the moment when we don't need to wear masks. And then we were happy the first day we were without masks, but then we forget. But with mindfulness, we, we remember our the conditions of happiness. With the mindful breathing, we recognize all the beauties around us. We recognize, wow, I have lots of love in me, love for beauty, love for truth. That is why we are here. That is why you are here. You are looking for, probably I guess that when you come here, you want peace, right? You want happiness. 
you don't want money, you cannot get money here. <laughs> so, have you recognized that beauty in you? You are not running after comfort, uh, luxurious comfort or money. What you are looking for is your peace, your true happiness. And true happiness, many, many people define happiness like comfort, wealth, money, but you who are here today in front of me, I'm sure that you are looking for happiness somewhere else. We can have happiness in very simple things. It's the way of thinking, the way of looking at things, and we can have happiness right away. The more desire we have, if we want this and that, you may have uh, experience, like many generations, my generation, and um, my parents' generation, and my nieces' and nephews' generation, we have seen very clearly that external conditions are not what can bring, our, can bring us true happiness but our way of thinking. Do we have enough? If we see that, oh, I have enough conditions, and then I'm happy. But if I think that, oh, I need more, I want more, and then I will never be happy. You know, many, many people who don't even practice mindfulness, they know, probably you have heard that you have the half container of rice, those who are happy, they say, wow, we still have half a con container of rice. And those who are used to negative um, way of thinking, who are never happy, they say, oh, they're only half container of rice. It's the same thing, but you can be happy or unhappy, right? So we need to train ourselves to look at things to seeing things in such a way that we can create joy and happiness even with the same thing, the same object, the same reality. So the practice of mindfulness helps us do it. It helps us recognize all the positive things, what we have right now, what our ancestors have as positive qualities. Today, if we, if you have um, the quality of generosity or of love, it's probably come from your ancestors too, from your parents, from your ancestors. You are your root, you are your ancestors. And the suffering is mainly caused by our dualistic thinking. I'm not you, you are not me. I can live uh, away from, I, I can live, I don't have anything to do with my parents, with my ancestors. 
I can manage, I can live happily just by myself. Can, it, can someone do it? If we feel alienated and lonely, it's because we feel disconnected. We don't have it, we don't feel the connection, our connection with the others. And that's why we feel lonely. We feel that we don't belong to anyone. But the truth is that we inter are. Maybe our parents suffer so much after the war and they don't know how to transform their suffering. That's why the way they think, the way they speak, they hurt us and we don't want to have anything with them. But when we think of the whole picture for a thousand years or thousands years, if we look at the whole picture, we see that this century or the last century is just a very small part of our whole lineage and our whole root. The practice of mindfulness, what we are doing here, comes from our ancestors. All the teachings, the practice of mindfulness, of meditation, it comes from our ancestors. And if we study the history of the world, we see all the treasure, all the treasures, all the beauty of our ancestors. But we are caught in a very short segment, section of the whole picture, of the whole lineage, the whole line. And it's our way of thinking, of dualist thinking, dualistic thinking that makes us suffer. This afternoon, Sister Chung Kong, after the total relaxation, she will help you to get in contact with your root, with the whole lineage of your spiritual ancestors and blood ancestors. Let's enjoy our breathing and smile at whatever we have in our mind, in our body, in our feeling. started uh, with my uh, life story I need to continue to the end so that you uh, you are not curious um, to know more so I practiced wholeheartedly and then my teacher Thai passed away 
I'm, I'm gonna wrap up my <laughs> talk. And you know, and the purpose of becoming a nun for me is how to deal with death and every, and my whole, um, the whole time being with Thay as his student, I received lots of teachings and practice, but I, but this is the highest teaching the highest fruits of Buddhism is to, tr to, to be free from the notion of birth and death. So I was, I want to be humble. I never dare to say that, oh, now I'm free of birth and death. I need to wait until it happens again. Somebody pass away and then I will see how I behave. And then a year and a half ago when our teacher passed away, I was so happy that I saw that the teaching and the practice ha have helped me a lot. So my f mm, Thay's passing, he's also my father. Uh, I was my, my blood father. I lived with my father, took refuge in him for 24 years. And when I was 24 years, I became a nun. And I was Thai student for uh, 30 years. So when he passed away, I was, uh, I was his student for 28 years. So I was, among, uh, I was a nun longer than a lay person. And I saw that. And he is my father for a longer time than my blood father. And when he passed away, of course, I was very sad, but I saw the difference, the difference when, I pa when my blood father passed away. Now I, I can touch his presence in myself. I can see him in my sisters in Plum Village. I can see him in you. And he's much, much great, bigger than his body. And when I miss him, I can find him where I am. So when you come here, for the next few days, make good use of your time to practice. Because when you practice, you are training a way to love yourself, to take care of yourself, to take care of all the negative feelings, how to do, to calm down, to transform your strong emotions, how to transform your pain, your suffering. This is all about. Now, Sister Lok Yuen uh, will listen to three sounds of the bell, and Sister Lok Yuen will make announcement. I can continue to speak for hours and hours. Um, so this is the book, Learning True Love, written by our uh, elder sister, and you will um, know more about our teacher and uh, Sister Chung Kaum. Going home 
is a collection of Dharma talks our teacher gave to on Christmas time to other Westerners who came and tried to find a home. And at home in the world are the short stories, how our teacher practiced to be at home in the world, to, to take the earth as his home. Now we um, thank you for listening to my sharing. Now we enjoy the sounds of the bell. And touch the peace in ourselves with the sound of the bell. Find our true home when we listen to the sounds of the bell.